Hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. My name is Eric, I use they pronouns. And today we are, well, I mean, we already kind of started, we, we kicked it off with a session 0.5, but today is officially session one of our Legacy Life Among the Ruins mini campaign. Um, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right in and introduce all of our folks. We have a, a new person with us uh, who couldn't make our session 0.5, but that worked out fine because we're up to shenanigans together. And so uh, you want to introduce yourselves, tell us your name, your pronouns, uh, the family you're playing, the character you're playing, and the character's pronouns. Uh, and I will start with our friend of the pod, MT. Hello, hello. My name is MC Hart. I use he, they pronouns. Uh, the family I am playing is um, the Thalassans, who are the pioneers of the depths. Um, and the character I am playing is Aruna Ayer, who uses he, him pronouns. Connor, that's you. Hi there. Uh, my name's Connor. I use he, him pronouns. And uh, the family I am playing is the Cultivators of the New Flesh. And uh, my character's name is Nyx, N-Y-X. And they use they, them pronouns. Hello, hello. Uh, this is DJ. I use he, him pronouns. I'm playing the Sa'asta family, who are the lawgivers of the Wasteland, and I uh, am playing um, Moray, who uses they-them pronouns. And rounding it out, I am Dakota. I use they-she pronouns, and I am playing the uh, Mechalena, uh, who are the Stranded Starfarers. Uh, my character's name is uh, Lunalata, who uses they, them pronouns. And so just a reminder for folks listening, if you didn't, li well, first, if you didn't listen to session 0 0.5, go back and do that. It's super great. And you'll have a lot more backstory and context for everything that we're about to do. Um, so we'll pause and let you stop now and go back and come back. Um, and if you listen to 0.5, Welcome back. And we're going to dive right in. So the where we left off at the end of our last session was that whole session was mostly getting to know each other, introducing the families, going through a bunch of history questions and backstory and all that fun stuff. Um, and then we ended the moment with everyone coming, the chosen people from their respective groups kind of coming together and being kind of just checking in. How are things going? How's stuff on the land? Yada, 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 all that good stuff. And somebody came running into the, all of it and said, oh, my goodness, there is a very large boat that just came up out of the water. And everyone went, what? And then I said, scene. <laughs> and so now we are picking up at that moment. So that is Nix, Morea, and Lunalata, who are all there at the moment. Um, Aruna played by MT, has not arrived yet on the scene. And so they will be looped in when they uh, when they get there. Oh, and it's sorry, it's more Moray. Mo Moray? Moray, like the Moray, e okay. I will get it correct, I promise. Um, all right, so the, for the three of you who are present, uh, person comes running up, there's a boat. They want to talk to some, they want to talk to somebody. And there's a couple, like we've talked about, there are some other families around. There are some other groups. 
Um, so it's not just the three of you that are there, but everyone's kind of standing there being like, ah, who's the leader? And everyone kind of looks at each other and they look at you three. Moray will step forward. Since no one else is volunteering, I guess that's me. Uh, Nixon and Luna Lada, how do you feel about that? Uh, Nix, upon hearing that there's the possibility of even more people or outsiders, like, instinctively, like, you know, has a blade coming out of their, <laughs> out of their arm, just like already in protective mode, whereas the representatives for the family, because they are old uh, hippies, are just like, oh my god, yes, new friends, new experiences. They're like, no, not that. Um, seeing that uh, Moray is stepping forward uh, to uh, brandish themselves as leader, Nix is actually okay with that, because they want to see how things are going to pan out. Uh, and yeah. Luna Lada. So Luna Lada personally wouldn't mind being a part of the, you know, sort of parlay here. But the Mechalena are an isolated family, but intentionally so. Um, mm -hmm. They only really deal with the rest of the uh, communities uh, when necessary. And so they would never uh, step forward as leaders. So they're, uh, generally speaking, very happy that Moray volunteered the lawkeeper folk to <laughs> head this up. All right. And you hear a little bit of kind of a little bit of grumble grumble from people just kind of being like well i don't know what makes what makes them a leader why do they get to be the leader am i we, we could i could be a leader uh hearing this moray will just very deadpan slowly turn and make eye contact with every person who is kind of grumbling under their breath you can't tell if it's a like well if you want it take it or a do we want to fucking do this? Look, it's it's just com complete mask. But she will, or they will intentionally make eye contact with every person who's grumbling. And the head of the family behind Moray is like giddy because this is what they have wanted for a while to be in charge, like this family to be in control. Yeah, why why am I why am I not surprised about that? Lawgivers, I don't know. <laughs> Um, all right. So, Maury, so you kind of take the the point, and it's it's Nix and then a lot of behind you, as well as, um, we'll say there's like three or we'll say there's four other people, uh, that I probably should have named, but I don't. Um, they're just kind of following behind you. There are other small little clusters. Um, were you say something, DJ? Yeah. So, um, before we leave, I'll actually turn to Nyx and Lunalana and ask them explicitly to to attend with me. Nyx and I have history, mm -hmm. um, positive history, and I uh, think Lunalana is very smart, and that makes up for things. And so like, I, I want to make sure that it's a unified, like... Yeah, I think because Nyx has worked with uh, Moray in the past, and because Nyx and Lunalana kind of have a little bit of a friendship, I could definitely see, like, 
when it's like, okay, we have to like, like we have to go address what's going on there. We all kind of have this look of being like, okay, we've all worked with each other before. We feel confident that we can, uh, we, 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 we all feel good that we trust each other to go through this as a united front. Yeah, Luna Lada is very happy to be able to participate in this, um, but is very much avoiding the glances and glares from the elders who are in attendance, um, because the Mechalena do not want anything to do with this. <laughs> but being the uh, ever-curious one, Luna Lada is very happy to be involved. And that's part of why Moray asked explicitly, so it wasn't Luna Lada being like, I want to do this, but like there was a formal ask of this involvement to give you a little smoke screen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, so you all come up. You walk for, you think it's maybe like a solid mile or so um, away. And as you get closer, you see that like what what has been described as a boat perhaps is, is an understatement uh, as it is a very large structure that is sitting on the water. And when, as you kind of arise, you can see some people kind of running about on the top of this ship, but like it's, again, it's substantial in size. It's probably potentially the biggest structure that some of you have ever seen. Considering that you all have been born after the fall and wouldn't have seen any of like larger structures perhaps. So are we thinking, are we talking like loading skyscraper or? Uh, I would think, I would say like, think like decent cruise line ship size. Mm. Okay. Got so it. not like a huge city but a, st a few a few carnival cruises um right like could still could still hold like a solid 800 to a thousand people without trying and so as you all are there you see at the very very front of this structure uh kind of a door opens and this large ramp drops and you see a figure walk out from the front of this ship that is just like on the beach, like there's not like a dock because no one was expecting something this large, and the, this like ramp just kind of plops into the sand. Um, and MT, could you please describe who it is that they see coming off of this ship? Uh, so Aruna is a relatively uh tall, uh, slim man with uh sort of lean muscle it's not like bodybuilder but it's like clearly you are doing like work and activity on a regular basis um dressed in um dressed in like a relatively form-fitting what looks like a diving suit with some pieces of uh shinier looking high-tech armor over it um clearly polished clearly like somebody who has taken some care with their appearance um curly black hair um yeah and um upon closer inspection you can see there is what almost looks like a small set of mechanical vents um embedded into his throat but other than that looks fairly standard human 
sounds pretty gorgeous to me but you know that's that's connor saying it not nick <laughs> i was like is nick's over there getting plush like oh it's no no nick, uh, <laughs> nick's uh has no time for attraction or romance because <laughs> nick's nick's is always feeling weird uh guilt and shame and paranoia and also remember their face keeps changing like literally every few seconds <laughs> And I'm going to say, just for the sake of, I think, having some some backstory between all of you, this isn't the first time that you all have seen Aruna before. I feel like Aruna has probably maybe, and feel free, if this doesn't mesh with your backstory, we can work it out. Um, but I say, like, perhaps you've, you've come up more like before. So uh, Aruna is, the character archetype I'm playing is the envoy. And in my backstory, Aruna is the oldest son of uh two members of the technocratic council that runs um the Thalassan city so would it would it would it make sense for you to have traversed or would you be like uh, no, it's absolutely somebody that goes out and does diplomacy and Perfect. like does trading stuff and like is somebody who is like not a combat person is a like diplomacy and spokesperson type thing awesome are we fitting aruna into our backstories that are on our that is that is what I was about to do, DJ. That was my next thing. <laughs> Aruna, Aruna, you have wonderful questions that you need to ask the group. I do. Yes. Um, so I have three. Um, so um, if folks don't know about, uh, would it be helpful to talk about faction first or should we talk about character first? Uh, if you want to talk about your faction a little bit, because it's, I would say if they've met you, then it's reasonable everyone would kind of know roughly about your faction. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk. Give us a little bit about your faction. And then I would say read each of the questions out like collectively so everyone can hear, so people all, three can hear of them, all of them. Yeah. And then absolutely. figure out which one makes the most sense. So uh high level overview. The last Thalassans are a uh floating nomadic sub like oceanic city. It is a submersible, functionally the size of a cruise ship, um, that was built. Um, basically by some uh, Chicago tech magnates that started seeing the fall coming and were like, well, we can't save everybody, but we sure can save the people we like the most and the competent tech people. And so they have access to a lot of high tech. Um, they um, had a lot of resources poured into this city pre-fall. And so they had a pretty solid head start when everything started going to shit. Um, and so because they are ocean-based, they definitely can have the ability to do a lot of travel and trade, both of technology and, like, just in general, fishing. All right. So then what are your questions? So my questions, um, blank showed me their family's secrets and confidence. Blank will make a good bodyguard. And I suspect blank is stealing my secrets for their family. <laughs> those are all messy well one of those is messy one of those is very messy <laughs> um i think i will happily fall on the sword here and say <laughs> oh stealing secrets you may think Luna Lada might be stealing secrets because <laughs> they are incredibly curious, constantly asking questions, and their family is really secretive and isolated and doesn't share anything with anyone. So you may think that they're trying to pilfer information from you. <laughs> yeah, especially in terms of like, I feel like they're very used to protecting like 
their like technological supremacy as a family and so it's like that is literally always what they are worried about people try to like steal the tech that is helping them actually function and live under the ocean right and well and luna so uh background for you mt that you may not have gotten from session 0.5 the mechalena are a race of mechanical octopi basically (laughs) and so ostensibly they're probably the most likely to be able to utilize technology secrets (laughs) from you the most easily because yeah or be able to compete with us in terms of getting anything that we can find underwater yes this tracks um i would say that uh I feel like Nyx might be a good one for that you think might be a good bodyguard because whether or not uh, Aruna has seen Nyx fighting before, Nyx themselves is a interesting looking character, partially covered most of the time where you can kind of make out that something is going on with their face. But in the past, because that because Nyx is a what's under the remnant class, one of the moves that they have is literally is they can morph and change their body to suit in fighting needs. So whether or not uh, Aruna has seen Nyx actually like shift, whether it's like turn their hand or arm into a blade or things like that, you can see that while I may not necessarily know much about who this character is, you can definitely get the sense of that this one has seen combat and this one looks like they could hold themselves. Cool, cool. So what does that leave me with? Um, showed me their family secrets and confidence. Which actually, because you come from like political, I feel like coming from a city that was like very like technocracy and like different form of like power holding pre-fall, I feel like that makes sense that there might be some connections between the families there. So this actually plays well with the last history that I have potentially, but especially the backstory of my of Moray. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe like we did, I shared you some stuff in in like confidence. Um, are we, Eric, doing connections to Aruna and the family as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we have leftover questions that we sort of saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we saved We saved for uh, MT, and when we thought we had one more player that was going to be with us, uh, so now MT just gets to suffer with whatever we throw at them. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Given the way that I built this faction, I'm kind of okay with that. They're rich people on their floating tech fortress that, like... <laughs> are having to deal with other people in society <laughs> um all right so who's got a question that they need to yeah or connect Morey, a connection oh go ahead yeah the dj you said that moray had like a question that would tie in well so the question i have is which um of you did we save from slaughter at the hand of raiders so it Ooh. could be that my family like you all had to breach or something at one point and we were around and you were getting raided and we like intervened which would have connected you and i at least so whatever friendship relationship whatever that is could have been connected enough so i would have shared secrets with you maybe we've like worked together in a diplomatic capacity before but that also plays really fun with my last backstory question which is uh blank once left me for dead so Ooh. I think Aruna, you might have double crossed me at some point. Oh, and left me for dead, and so this will be a very fun relationship. 
Okay, so families, family saved from readers. Yeah. So you have one on me. I have two on you. You have two on me. Okay, remind me what the name of your faction is. Uh, the Shahasta. S A H A T S A. Shahasta. Shahasta. Okay. And so they have two on me for Raiders. For saving you. And then the the personal one is that at some point I left you for dead. I think they maybe have a reputation for when danger happens, like getting underwater as fast as possible and fucking off. I think that is their reputation of we keep ourselves safe at all costs. And like other people can be nice and that's respected, but we come first. Exactly. I like I like where it's maybe not necessarily like a straight up double cross. It's just kind of like uh, I take care of like, my own. Like you started this fight, you bought us time to get away, and we let you do it by yourself. Yeah, we assumed you would back us up. You yeah. did not, and we <laughs> said thanks for your assist. Bye. <laughs> All right. Who else has things for Aruna? Um, I have one, and actually, I think this ties in beautifully with not just. Uh, what was just shared with uh, Moray and their family, but also the question of where Aruna thinks that Nyx would be a good bodyguard because the last question I had was, uh, Aruna made me do something terrible. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, I could even see that tie again with the idea of where, like, if you were, it, once again, you're more prioritizing your and um, your family's safety could have forced Nyx in a bad way to do something like to either like help I like help you or your family amongst either their own or their family's needs as mm -hmm. well um had yeah made them do something terrible which is also where you get the assumption that they would be a good bodyguard. maybe asked for like a political assassination in exchange for like trade goods or something Ooh, ooh, that could be <laughs> <laughs> that that could be that could be tasty <laughs> i, I kind of like that <laughs> um and then lunalata what do you have yeah so i have a family history and then a character backstory so the family history is an interesting one um which is which of you did we secretly experiment on in the past Oh, so <laughs> that's actually perfect because like they are, um, I sort of think of like the people who created the island, uh, who created like the the city are just straight up normal humans and like we're just born straight normal humans and have technology. But I think there's like Aruna's part of like the first generation that like has technology implanted and maybe that experimentation is like why um, we have access to some of that super it's like more it's technology that is beyond necessarily earth's like providence or something that seems very realistic um <laughs> the the megalena probably implanted some things and just didn't bother taking them back out <laughs> so that seems right um so that's a that's a treaty one right yes and so you get one treaty on the megalena 
because oh, we found like this technology and we've then like modified it and used it but like you definitely somebody went in for medical skins and we were like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah so there there's some reparations owed essentially <laughs> and you know that's reasonable <laughs> Um, and then my character one, I think, is actually really interesting and kind of goes hand in hand with that. But it is very open-ended, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts, which is Aruna can guide me to the truth. Ooh. Guide you to the truth. Um, I think maybe like i think in the spirit of like we are playing in a world where there is some some level of i don't know if it's high tech but there might potentially also be some supernatural mixed in there um but one of the big things for the like oh sorry go ahead eric i say yeah and i think i mean we definitely have like i think some people have powers and things like supernatural can definitely be present Mm -hmm. um so like one of the um one of the pioneer moves that i took is lords of the deep um and that says like the water cycle and the life cycle are one your family understands them better than any other when you erase a surplus recover one tech from the depths and so i think maybe they have found some shit under the water that is either like supernatural or extraterrestrial in origin Mm. and when it says like lead you to the truth maybe there's something to discover there yeah, and, and perhaps that is something that my family does not, like, it's maybe lost technology from our, uh, you know, civilization that we don't know about, and maybe perhaps your family is keeping secret, and Aruna can, you know, lead, uh, um, Lunalata to the truth of what's actually out there. Yeah, I like that. Um, of like potentially, yeah, it had potentially of it having something to do with either your world or like somebody that like came to this world before you or something like that. Like, I don't I think we necessarily have to define exactly what it is, just like to know that like this is a thing that my family has found in our explorations that like seems very similar to stuff we've seen from you. And that also is fun because like because there's the history of experimentation that also very much explains why I'm worried about like you trying to like cut into like experiment with us again and be like, what is going on with them now? Yes. I like that. But I also like the idea that it could, it could even just be like, not like maybe it's like an unintended, like you have all this technology. I just imagine like a room where it's like, oh, we found all this shit on the ocean floor. And Luna Lada could just walk in and be like, oh my God, this is is everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is my old bed. This is my dolly from when I was a child. <laughs> We're just lying on the ocean floor. I uh, love that we just built Luna, uh, uh, Aruna up as this, you know, manipulative little keeper of secrets. <laughs> I mean, like parent, like child. <laughs> I think if you get raised by a bunch of rich people to be the shiny diplomatic face for your isolationist underwater nation that requires trade to survive, I feel like you gotta be a little manipulative. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that rolled off of your tongue way too Yeah, easy. it's like, <laughs> that was, that, oh, that was like so almost true to my real life. <laughs> um, 
All right. So is that, does that take care of all the like lingering backstory things? Aruna, do you have anything on like a character sheet or? Um, that is my character sheet. I do need to do, um, uh, family history stuff. Okay. Um, what do you have for that? Uh, so I have three. I have which one of you is partly descended from pioneers who turned their back to the sea. Um, mm. Which one of you was our sole contact with drylanders for a long time? What happened to reveal our existence to the other families? Um, and which of you hosts a brilliant explorer who relies on our secrets? I like the layers this is about to add to everything. Um, yeah. Oh. All right, so who's... Oh, wait, I Mor see everyone... Oh, go ahead. Oh, Moray's family would not be the third one. Would not be the explorer one. No, they really don't... That's not their jam. Um, so I could see either the first one or the second one... Um, the second one could make sense again if there's this like history between our families, this like us like us saving you, and then like Aruna and and Moray having this connection. Like so there could be something I think, there. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense for your family is that like we knew if we there there was some connection pre-fall, then like um that you were the sole contact with like drylanders for a while because you were power brokers and so we're like okay we know you exist we're keeping our location quiet for now like who do we need to go to to be able to like trade here or like how can we like broker this through you or something yeah that sounds good um so you take two treaty on me and what happened to reveal our existence to the other families um I think there were just too many questions being asked of how we are getting some of the supplies when we had like no connections to get them. And I think that someone in the family, not my character, but someone else maybe, because this has been the generational like thing, let it slip. Mm. They were they, they kind of let it slip of like, oh, we know of this other like family who gets us things. And I was like, hey, what? And we're like, oh, oh shit. All right, and then Nyx or Lunalata. Um, oh God, so, you have four treaty on me. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what was what was the other one with the brilliant explorer, uh, researcher? Sorry, that one again. Um, the uh, which of you hosts a brilliant explorer who relies on our secrets? Okay, that might actually tie in really well, possibly with the fact that um, with one of DJ's family's thing that has been put onto my family of housing a criminal that has done uh your family uh Aruna's a great like a great harm like what if Ooh. it was somebody from your family who was a researcher that for whatever reason was doing either research that your family didn't agree with because it was either detrimental or it didn't seem like a benefit and they didn't want to be stopped so they did something terrible escaped and joined my family, which is just a, like, our family is just like this nomadic cultivating uh, place of basically hippies that accept people from all areas and you become part of a family because it doesn't I think matter what they you did in the past. stole the technology that they were working on 
and like when we were like at a rare like docking they like escaped and took the technology with them and like ended up joining up with you and like we lost like a lot of years like of like research on this like prototype technology right. like exosuit like sort of like environment suit situation okay that that i think works really really well because it also ties in for the fact that un like unbeknownst to nix and possibly even unbeknownst to the leaders of uh, of our little commune uh, we are housing a criminal that did uh, great harm that uh, that stole te that stole uh, technology from you, but is still dependent upon it. Mm -hmm. And that's the one we want the trial for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Which I think leaves Luna Lada was a pilot. Like they they were part of your faction, and then they turned yeah, their backs on that, you. That is the one that like that that the family. So. The the this is a family history question. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which, but it it feels a little weird to say like partly descended from pioneers. Maybe and Luna allotted you with this what you will, but like perhaps when they first got to our planet, that was the first faction that they kind of met and have become like maybe it wasn't like they descended from, but like maybe they like when they landed here, and that's how the technology happened where they like experimented on you, and they're like, oh, we gotta go, bye. But Dakota, what what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, in some, I I think there are ways to nuance the this and sort of emphasize different portions of this question. Where like the this is a race of like biomechanical cephalopods, right? And so it would make sense when they came to Earth that they would see other cephalopods in the sea and so mm. maybe you know do some things on the sea but then perhaps you know sometime around the experimentation phase or whatever they decided you know the resources are really on the land and so we're gonna kind of stop doing things in the sea and we're gonna focus solely on being on land and if we were like the two kind of underwater groups that interacted with each other or basically like had that truce of like we interact and we work with each other like underwater and we just like don't deal with it don't talk about the dry land stuff you respect our shit you and then like <laughs> y'all went off to land and we found some leftover technology in somebody and now it's like messy um yeah that seems right cool so we each take one treaty on each other got it i think that that should wrap everything that oh. you've got to to intro, Aruna. Sorry, one quick question oh. for I just wanted to know with with that other question with the with the researcher. Do I do do you take any treaties on me? Do I take any treaties on you? Or is oh um for the uh person that relies on our secret, I take one treaty on you. Okay. Uh <laughs> so I have two treaty on you. Um the Shasta have Four treaty on me, and then I have two on the Mechluna, and they have one on me. I think correct. Yeah, cool. But also DJ's character having four treaties on somebody actually feels appropriate He's, and right, right in line yeah. with what we feel. Very he, appropriate. DJ's family character is four treaties on Aruna. It has two treaties on Nix's family. DJ's family's got treaties on everybody. <laughs> I don't like, think I have any on the Mechalena. Not yet, you don't. 
They actually <laughs> they have two they have two according to my I think um, actually Yes, you have it from which one of you controls a resource critical to our survival. Ah. You have two treaty on us for that. Okay. But I you have two on me, so I think Correct. that's why I was like we have oh, two we, we... It's like canceled out, basically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So dropping us back into gameplay. Um, and I forget if we talked about this, Aruna, but why? Well, I guess I'll let you like, do you have a reason why your people have emerged? I think we're out of space. I think oh. we're hitting the point where like our city is no longer big enough and we're like on the verge of like we've tried to implement some population control stuff and it's not very popular and it's like we're, we are in a position where we need to either acquire a large amount of resources to like build and expand and we need space to do that or we need to find like outposts or settlements or something. I think it's a space crisis. Okay. Um, all right. So what happens is, so Aruna comes down and greets all of you. Uh, how, do the, how do all of you take to seeing like, so... For Nyx, Moray, and Lunalada, this is the first time you've seen this structure. Like, this large ship that has emerged from the depths. How are you, how are you feeling? How are you, like, kind of give, like, roleplay at Elibage, like, as you're, like, seeing Aruna, and you all know him, and you see this massive thing behind him. Nick's don't like it. Uh, hand immediately turns into <laughs> turns into a play because already did not like the idea of seeing Aruna again, but then seeing a gigantic, uh, you know, some might say ship. Uh, Nick's mind would think invasion. Um, and is just like mm -mm, not good, not good. <laughs> Mori is more irritated that Aruna just walked out of it, and now that they have to deal with him. Um, and looks pretty impassively at the fact that there's a giant ship that they're coming off of because of the family history of us rescuing them at one point. There has been tale of like, oh yes, that family has access to ships. It may it, it is larger than anything Moray has imagined, but is able to kind of keep that feeling under wraps. But the disdain for Aruna was like visible for a second. Yeah, and I think it's probably a thing of like when usually when folks surface it's in like smaller crafts or like more traditional ships and like that's how they do a lot of trade stuff it is like incredibly rare to see the actual city both above water and this close to land yeah conversely luna lada is completely looking past aruna like they it's not that they don't care aruna's there but as a like researcher, someone who's constantly looking around for technologies from the past, like they are scribbling notes, they are trying to draw a diagram. As you can imagine, a biomechanical cephalopod, maybe not the greatest at drawing, but they are doing their best <laughs> <laughs> to try and capture as much information about this vessel as they can. Um, and Aruna, when you when you walk out, like, um, and I will, I, this is probably a good point to in the like handout sheets document, uh, pages like forty four 
44 and like 45 ish in that arena is the like family move sh sheet and the character moves sheet. Um, which depending on arena. So if you one I'm looking at is like, this might be a good spot if you wanted to conduct some diplomacy. Or perhaps you wanted to call in a debt. Oh, hey, actually, wait. Um, one thing that I would like to do is use one of my envoy moves, which is called Long Memories. Um, when okay. you enter a new court, roll plus lore on a seven to nine, name one secret of the leaders and an enemy of theirs. On a 10 plus, you've helped one of those parties in a major way. Okay. So I would like to do that as I walk into a room full of a lot of people who have reasons to be hostile to me. <laughs> it would perhaps be nice <laughs> to have some, you know, backstory. Our first roll of the game. Let's do it. Oh, man. Let's go. <laughs> that's a six. Oh, that's just a straight up failure. Straight up failure. Even with it was a five plus one. So Ooh. doing great. Heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, I remember if this, oh, this. I don't feel like this one has confidently tried to stride down the uh, the gangplank, looking confident and possibly a little intimidating, a little slippery. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry. Which you you mentioned pages um of the main handbook or of like the handouts. The handouts, the handout okay. sheets, because that's the easier spot to like scroll everything. It's like pages like 44. There's two pages of character moves and two pages of family moves, but they're the same two pages. Okay. So don't uh, let that confuse you. Okay. But there's a, there's a family move called conduct diplomacy. When you call on your family's allies, say what you want from them and roll plus reach. And then you can get, you know, it's either a meeting with one of their VIPs, access to a tightly guarded location or item, or mm -hmm. information on an opportunity or a threat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think coming here, we're looking for a meeting with VIPs because we're like, okay, landmass with like multiple like power groups and potential for like collaboration. So I think, yeah, conduct conduct diplomacy. He's like looking for a meeting with one of the VIPs. Um, yeah, that totally works. I mean, I think he's, yeah, walking down the gangplank, trying to be like full professionalism mode and do the best to like school the face to not react to who's actually there and kind of go into like the general opening moves of, you know, formally announcing himself as an envoy of the Thalassan city and like, <laughs> like full pretentiousness, like, like run by a city of people who like named themselves after a god of the deep and have like a habit of naming kids after various assorted sea gods of different mythologies <laughs> like um so yeah let's conduct some diplomacy maybe roll better this time that <laughs> jesus christ that's a four minus one to roll reach so that's a three. Oh no <laughs> so you've like so how, what does this look like for the rest of you? I'm going to give you a chance to do a little bit of like role play this out. So Aruna comes out and is like, hey, y'all, we need some help. Can anyone help yeah. us? And it, but it's like very formal. It's like, you know, you know, it's searching to like, you know, call a meeting with the leaders of your communities. Da, 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 da. And for some reason, all of you are saying no. Why are you all saying no? I mean, Nix is just like, you made me do a horrible thing. Why in the 
hell would I help you, especially uh, have you meet with our leaders? Moray is like, do you forget what you did to me? Like, are you just willfully ignorant at this point? Um, and Lunalata, you know, went upon hearing, like, Lunalata has no issues with Aruna uh, himself, but upon hearing the request for meeting with the, with VIPs, Lunalata's just like, that, there's no way. Like, they will literally not talk to anyone unless absolutely necessary, and so they're not just going to come meet with you for no reason. Yeah, and I think there's, I think there's a kind of like nod at Nyx and being like, there was an a, a trade of goods for services. You don't necessarily have to like what those services were, but I understand your concerns. I think does not necessarily have the 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 words immediately to summon up Maria's and like sort of goes into that diplomatic you know it's been such a long time that we we since we talked you know trying to mend bridges um and so and this is like as we're kind of all getting accustomed to the system and the moves and everything there is another one in the character sheet that might also be relevant so there's fine common ground when you ask someone to work with you uh or there's call for eight well i guess it's probably a little bit different uh, you don't really have anyone to call. There's probably more if you when people like you and you can ask them for help. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also use the character moves as well in terms of like. So I feel like this is probably a bit more in the character you at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, can I like? diffuse this situation like i walked in the room and it was like oh no this is i think we have a uh, a need for scouting right now so i don't think we had a good information we just knew that this was a settlement with multiple different groups and i proceed to walk into the settlement where like two out of three of the major representative factions i have we've we've made siri i specifically and us as a faction <laughs> have made enemies with yeah uh if you want to if you want to give me a a diffuse and you can i do like with a diffuse it gives you the option of using any of your stats mm -hmm. so you can you can intimidate which that's a great way come on in and be like listen everybody get your shit together i'm not here to hurt you fuck off no this is a sway role he is a talker at his core right, like so that, is, fast, that is what he does fast talking and misdirection let's 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 see if we can get you a success tonight yeah literally it's i think okay so i'm rolling plus sway Come on. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's another four. So plus one is five. You're rolling two D6, correct? I'm rolling two D6. I have okay. rolled incredibly low three times in a row. Oh. <laughs> so tell me what like how how are you trying to fast talk? Like what kind of thing, what kinds of things are you saying to these folks that they're not buying? It's very much like I know we've had misunderstandings in the past. We're trying to, you know, approach with open arms, with our cards on the table of like, <laughs> we've been perhaps isolated for too long and we're looking to rebuild diplomatic relationships, like really just like all the standard things of like, 
this is what politicians say when they're trying to prove that they're doing the right thing. <laughs> may uh, may I draw your attention to the character move call for aid that specifically states after failing to roll as well as you'd like. Um, because you, while two of these people may not like you very much, there's a third person who has no negative associations with you. At least. <laughs> there's, there's at least one person who doesn't dislike you. <laughs> okay. Um. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. Um. Let's see. What? So oh, I, I think it's. So who would be the character you be? Is that is that Lunalata? I think it would have to be like Lunalata. And I think it, it becomes of like, you know, um, like your people perhaps were not the most transparent when we initially met. Um, and we did um, but we have worked together in the past. And like I think it very much like leaning on the like maybe not quite saying it out loud, but very much leaning on that, we know you fucking did experiments on us. Like, like, You're leveraging I'm like, guilt? Our interactions in the past, perhaps, have been complicated, but... Is this a Midwestern Protestant church? You're leveraging guilt? <laughs> oh, I was... I, I was going to make I was gonna make the joke that the seafarers, uh, you know, came from Jewish families, because that's exactly <laughs> how my parents would do it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, Luna Lada, you can roll plus sway, and you get yeah. advantage. Oh. Because okay. we have backstory. Yeah, if the helper has relevant backstory with you, which I think I would I would say that they do, and I think everyone kind of agrees, then you get advantage on the roll. So you get to roll 3d6, take the better two, okay. and get a, get a 10. Okay, so I got an 11. Amazing. Luna Lada, how do you convince everybody that they should be listening to Aruna. Um, I think Luna Lada really tries to approach this from a, a logical perspective um, and says, you know, we may have individual dealings with uh, this person, but we all live in a, on a communally shared land that we all depend on and we need to act in the best interests of our communities, which is not going to be just writing these people off. At that, um, Moray will, like, glance behind them to where their, like, head person is, and also get a slight nod from them, and they'll take a deep breath. Let us start again. Hello, Ruth. Um, I think Nick's remembering what they had to do for Aruna, but also remembering of how it benefited the family and trying to recall that, you know, the fam the, their family that they work for is trying to embrace this idea of a better life, ideally through peace. And Nick's realizing that while they might have to do some of the things to protect that peace, that the family may not like they ultimately want to help contribute to that goal of a better life through peace and cooperation so in that moment nix will try very hard to remember those teachings from their family and acquiesce <laughs> so you get an another um 
member of kind of the elected crew uh, that we will give. Um, I'm going to call them June. So June steps forward. June kind of steps up and, um, and is like, listen, everybody, I know that one, I am, I am incredibly overwhelmed at the size of this. Um, I was told boat. This does not appear to be a boat as I, not that I've been on many boats, but this seems much larger. Um, this looks larger than my faction's entire little settlement, to be quite honest. Um, but you've you've come to us, so we should we should hear you out on what you need, and and we can determine if we are able to offer any support. Um, and they June is like, I th I think we should all. I think uh, Aruna was it Aruna. Um, I believe we should all go back to uh, where we hold conclave and and have a, a discussion and and we shall put it to a vote because that is an appropriate step. I would very much appreciate an opportunity to speak with the conclave. Um, and June is like this like older woman who's kind of been it's like of her factions, like she comes, she comes forward when people get like every so often when like people are called together because like she's that kind of like old, old lady who's she's seen a lot of shit. Um, she was like just a, she was just a child when the fall happened. So she like doesn't remember, but like she feels like she remembers sometimes. And she's been kind of a constant in her faction. So there's a lot of re like respect and kind of um honor that people give her because she's she's literally lived through it um so i'm assuming do you everyone feels good heading back to your little conclave hut yeah luna lotta says i can make no promises but i will share your request with the elders It is appreciated. And again, right. yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone gets back and, you know, kind of like myths of old, the conclave table is a big round table, much like those mythic knights and their knight the, of, the, of the round table and something about everyone's equal and something 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 uh lost in translation people don't always remember every every word but uh you sit around and you do notice that there are a couple seats that are normally filled with people that have chosen not to attend this vote it's not uncommon for people to not be there but it does feel a little odd that like this is not like Hey y'all, how many how much crops do we get this year? This is like a major issue and a couple people have just decided to like fuck off. <laughs> no one could see Moray I Moray's eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> people decided to fuck off, of course they did. <laughs> I will like never do it because I don't have to. I was like I'll never do it because I don't have the patience and time for it, but if I ever if, this is these are the moments where I wish I I was doing like a YouTube 
something or other and people could see some of the reactions. I will never <laughs> say that <laughs> definitively now. That is not in my wheelhouse. I mean, if it listen, programming note, if, if you've got good recordings of people and you need a compilation of a quick cut of but, people's faces with their consent, you know an editor. I'm just saying. I do know an editor. <laughs> All right. So the conclave is in front of you. Aruna, I, I, you have the floor. I appreciate the convoy taking their time and allowing us to meet. I apologize for the suddenness of our appearance. And I know most of you have not seen the, the, uh, the Thalas and city previous to this. Most of you who have worked with us have worked with us with smaller envoys. Um, but we, as a people, are looking to both grow and connect more and have more of a presence on the surface. I, I think he's trying to like not show too much weakness because like they need help, but also like they don't want someone coming into like their ship and like inciting a straight up riot. <laughs> like um but we have been looking to perhaps create an outpost, whether a trading post or a small village or extension of our community on the surface. And heard about a confluence of different groups in the area and simply wished to see if we could perhaps learn more about the land and perhaps work out an agreement for a place we could create this outpost. Of course, we would be willing to bring our variety of trading resources to the table, as well as with deeper relationships, potentially access to medical technology as well. Moray will look to Nyx and the nomads. Nomads? What is the situation of land on the isle? Do we have space? Can our crops handle another community? On doing that, the uh, the eclectic small group of what I guess would constitute as leaders of the nomads, which is really just the three oldest hippies that have been around the entire time, uh, who are, by the way, just thrilled at the idea of quote unquote new friends and new experiences would, you know, after a quick little bit of a huddle and that which Nick's actually had been a part of to actually quickly talk about because Nick's was like, I think we should actually, but before that, the, uh, the three, the three uh, nomad elders as they were come through and they'd be like, we would be very happy to share uh, the idea of some land and some crops. I feel like with some good, coming together and working together, we can bring a whole new area to this small little island that we have. We have some land that could be appropriate. We have a little supplies that I think that could work, uh, but really it's just more about this idea of being more one with each other. We're so excited about the idea of all of us just becoming one and bringing back to this beautiful planet that we have. And they will keep going on until Nick's finally, it's like, Short answer, yes. We have 
we have land, we have supplies. And we wouldn't be looking to offload our entire population here. Absolutely not. This is simply to create space for growth and allow those who wish to return to or try a surface dwelling life, perhaps, to build business and trade here. I feel I feel like Nick's would kind of answer like if if they are willing, if, if these people are willing to work and work hard, that that could be possible. That we that they can and that they will. There is no shortage of hard workers. It does not, it is not simple to carve out existence underneath the sea. Uh, I think because it was kind of throw the sweat and mix and then turn around and then look at Moray and be like, Moray, what say you and your family? I mean, the, obviously the vote will need to commence, but we've had dealings with the Lassons before. They have been beneficial. Um, I believe that we would have enough capacity to allow protection over there until they have things set up, but my family is equipped to handle that. Um, as long as the Thalassan outpost understands how we operate here. So you will have a seat at the Conclave. We make large-scale decisions based on access to resources via this process. But what you do in your outpost in your in your land is your business unless otherwise decided by this group do you agree to those terms i mean obviously a formal formal treaty would have to be something you know contract language and you understand but those are terms that would be acceptable to us we are happy to cohabitate to cooperate we are attempting to build dry land bridges Lunalata? Yeah. Um, so you, uh, Moray specifically directs a question towards Lunalata, but one of the elders who, there, there are three elders who are attending this conclave that had been, had been set back, were not really participating, but were there. And one of them literally comes forward and shoves Lunalata over and, and says, would your family protect those of us from a potential invasion? What makes, uh, what is to uh, ensure us that this is not simply an attempt to gain a foothold here before taking over the entire island? We have no desire for large-scale conflicts. We do not wish to start or participate in a war. I think historically we have proven that we are interested in keeping our community safe above all. Um, but our heart is still in the sea. That is fundamentally what we are and what we do. But to build these relationships, we would absolutely be willing to do what was needed to prove peacefulness 
Um, the ship will not remain here once anyone who wishes to disembark is able to disembark and we give them the, what they need to be set up for success. We will go back to our usual routes and leave you be. I apologize that the, uh, perhaps the, the uh, we wish to show our seriousness by bringing the city to the surface. Um, the at that the elder biomechanical cephalopod sort of grumbles underneath what could be construed as breath, I suppose, <laughs> and goes back to the other two in the back. And Luna Lotta sort of brushing themselves off with their mechanical tentacle-like appendages, um, says, "Thank you for your assurance, Aruna." We are certainly not the ones who would do you harm. <laughs> At that, Luna Lada looks, you know, kind of sheepish. And but the elders in the back make absolutely no uh emotion. <laughs> Moray will nod. Probably like the most like as this conclave has seen, probably the most deference to the elder who just spoke not because she may believe deeply in that but just the acknowledgement of they don't engage and they chose to um so there's a little bit of respect there um aruna looks to the rest of the conclave are there any other questions concerns before we vote you kind of you kind of see like the couple people kind of all like hemming and hawing a little bit like yeah, we're like uh, we could I'm probably I'm good feels sufficient I'm only an NPC I am do not have agency <laughs> <laughs> so Moray will then look to June and kind of nod and say well then we shall vote who mm -hmm. here would like to allow the Thalassans equal land as other families on here. I'm assuming, looking at Aruna, near the water, to join the island, the conclave, with the protections and expectations of those herein. Um, and one thing I'm going to, before everyone votes, something that we didn't talk about that I probably should have been a little bit more deliberate about is on, when I talk about your surpluses and your needs on your sheet, the things that are needs aren't just like, oh, it'd be super nice if we had this, or this is a thing that I'd really like to have. It is a straight up, like, you have a defined need behind this. It's in the main book on, like, the big book on, like, rough, like, page 32-ish. But like an example is like if you have a surplus on defenses, your family has measures in place to protect them from harm. They might be high walls around a settlement, guard patrols, scrap metal wielded on wagons, etc. If you have a need, your family's belongings are unprotected. Saboteurs and raiders could take your stuff without much effort. Your vehicles are constantly being worn down by the elements and so on. So the needs on your, your sheet are things that you very well like they are sparse for you. So thinking about that in terms of like what your needs and what surpluses are, like right now this is 
Connor has a Nix has a surplus of land. Mm-hmm. If you give land over to Aruna, perhaps you don't have a surplus of land anymore, and perhaps Aruna does. But also, I believe Aruna has their their family has a surplus of things that my family needs, like I, which I believe was like barter goods and progress. So like a little bit of a little bit of a trade. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's it's very much like I think Murray, you can probably tell that their like basic diplomacy would not have them bringing up the full ass city. Like there's definitely something there's there's an urgency that is driving this, even if he is doing his best to be like this is a normal diplomatic outreach. <laughs> like there's there is no war in Bossing Sang. <laughs> Everything is fine. We're doing great. Judy. Do not worry about that. Is it bad that when you brought up June earlier, I definitely thought Judy? <laughs> Goodness. Except when I hear that, all I can think of is Scream Scream 5. Officer Judy. Poor Officer Judy. Um, and anytime I talk about Bossing Say now, all I can think of is Curse of Strahd and the town of Velaki, which is basically Bossing Say. Yes. Which is where Connor's crew is at right now in that game. Yeah, and it's fine. Everyone, Everyone's it's having fine. a great time. Um, okay, no but, problems. And I think one thing to know, like, in this game is with the, the things that are needs on your sheet, those are definitely things you should be actively working toward remedying. Um, and there's some mechanics that we'll get into probably in the next session of, like, once you hit a certain number of surpluses, then something happens. Um, if you lose if you lose surpluses, like the mood of the families can change or the mood the mood can change, which can like put a family into crisis or put a family into like a good thing happening. Um, I don't think we'll get to any of that this time, but that is like a, a, a mechanic of the game that we'll we'll be exploring a little bit. So all that to say, just wanting to everyone to keep those needs and those surpluses in mind as you like think about decisions that are going to impact the, the entirety of the space. So uh, when Moray is like, let's all vote, uh, you see June kind of unofficially starts like leading the vote and she just kind of, she looks over at Nyx first. Nyx will basically, you know, Nyx will look at Aruna first uh, and just narrow their eyes a little bit, but then look back at the, uh, at basically the, the cultivator elders which once again they they love it they they love the idea of bringing more people into a fold um so they you know everyone's being very serious he turns to the elders and if you could just imagine all three of them are just like yeah thumbs up yeah <laughs> i've got so much fish <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh we got land we got crops it's fine yeah more friends and nick's just like I, I just imagine them like with a little like bongo drum being like kumbaya. Oh yeah. Um, for, 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 well, no, for for MT, uh, the way I described the way that this commune, the cultivators of the new flesh, is built up is um, imagine that episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender where they encounter the swamp benders that are just you know secret tunnel that are just having a good time and are just like. It, you know, they're just getting to a destination, man, and it's all good. Like, that's what the entire community is. Whereas Nyx is this horrible, like, reforged, 
experiment that knows nothing but pain and violence and is just <laughs> trying to like help this. You're the you're the commune's adopted murder child who's like exactly okay, exactly so make sure nobody kills all of you. Exactly so you know right. you get this commune of like all of like of hippies everywhere just wanting to embrace the planet and mixing like there are things that we have to do that is messy. But anyway, the the, the elders are like thumbs up. Yeah, Nick's just like. Oh. The cultivators of the new flesh agree and vote yes. Um, and then she looks over at Lunalata. And when everyone's attention turns to the Mechalena, you see the sort of elders and Lunalata still kind of huddled up in like a step back from everyone. And you see sort of the three elders kind of turn away and walk away from the conclave. And Lunalata turns back around and said, as I am what is left, the Mechalena agree. Ooh. Oh. I was going to call in a debt, but I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the elders left. And they said, I feel bad about former experimentation, so here we go. Oh, it's probably because you definitely want to steal all of our technology, but you know, it's you appreciated. Know, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it actually lines up because you have a need right now for morale and for leadership. <laughs> yeah, the elders not not the best leaders. Really <laughs> um, all right, and then June looks over at Morea or More Moray will look at Aruna. A request. If there are those of your ilk who would like to be on land and work in protection, allow them to join our family. And before you answer, I was actually putting that there. And the Shahasta family votes yes. Um, you hear, I'll say there's, there's, uh, June, uh, kind of nods and goes, I also vote yes. And there's three other fam, three other factions or families. Uh, two of them vote yes, and one of them votes no. And the one who votes no simply just kind of crosses their arms and goes, I do not trust outsiders. You've come up from the bottom of the depths of the ocean. I don't trust it. We have limited resources. We cannot support more people. It is nothing against you and your, your group. It is simply that we lack resources to, to do this. And your ship is huge. We cannot support that. There are limited resources on this island, no matter how large everyone seems to think that it is, we're going to run out of stuff. So we vote no. Um, I think there is definitely some discomfort at the idea of like having them join specifically um, the Sahatsas. Um, But if that is like the contingent, I think we would be happy to allow candidates so inclined 
and appropriately screened to come to the family, of course. And for clarification, like, that was not a, my vote is contingent upon this. That's why they didn't wait for an answer. Mm -hmm. One of my needs are recruits. Ah, (laughs) that totally works. So... That it was a an inquiry of, and if there are the, like... Oh, we certainly this. have folks who would be willing to take up arms um, professionally. Uh, all right. So I think, actually, narratively, I think it makes sense that Aruna or the, your family gets to move land out of, like, you get to cross it off as a need. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become a surplus, but it's no longer a need. It's no longer a need. Correct. And I believe that increases your mood by one. Yes, it does. Positive mood. Love that for me. Yay. Don't worry. Don't worry. All things in balance. Oh, I'm All things in balance. (laughs) Because after the vote finishes up, and you all take a step outside, uh, everyone seems... There is smoke. There are big billows of smoke coming from the direction of Aruna's ship. Right, right. I think exiting the conclave and seeing that like Aruna is like pissed, but trying not to ruin the very tentative like vote that they just got and just sort of very does the very quick you know, apologies for quickly leaving. I need to see what's happening. You folk, uh, and like, heads off and is not really waiting to see if other people want to come. Moray but... is in step already with Aruna and says, as of the vote, you are one of us. And it so it's following, even like, Aruna can tell that it's it's very like, this is my role and this is what I'm doing, not out of like love for them. Yeah. Nix doesn't like the idea, but literally as not going to go, and one of the elders is like, go help your new friend. Go. Go. (laughs) New friends. (laughs) Luna Lada is literally sketchbook in hand, like, headed towards whatever's happening. So, Aruna, and, well, I guess everybody, as you all are running, so as you get closer, uh, the ship is absolutely on fire right now. Like, not fully engulfed in flame, but, like, there are pockets where there are, like, you see small explosions have happened, and there's smoke and fire, and it's not enough right now that the ship would sink, but the ship is significantly damaged at this point. And as you come running up toward the ship, you see a woman standing maybe about 200 feet in front of the ship with a line of what looks like guards or soldiers. Uh, I think Nyx, Moray, and Luna Lada, you would recognize this person to be Nora. She is from the faction of the Tyrant Kings. This is your wild card, uh, power-hungry, opportunistic faction that everyone kind of just hopes stays in line and everyone, like, I'm probably more more than anybody kind of nudges them back in place every so often. Like, I see what you're doing. Get your shit together. Hmm. And she's standing in front of everybody uh, holding a, this like giant blade in her hand. And she says, uh-uh-uh. 
you let this happen. Were the Tyrant Kings at the Conclave? No. This. Mori will speak, will come forward. You missed your opportunity at the Conclave to air grievances. This is not allowed. Is this not airing a grievance? This looks like I've pretty much aired my grievances. Not in the way we do things. Not in the way you do things. We came we live here, here we. With good intention with our community, and you have chosen to attack our entire city. Because your presence is an attack on our entire way of life. I have to admit, I do not yet know your way of life, but we came looking for trade and have been voted by the Conclave to have an outpost that is a full member of the Conclave. Well, that's really unfortunate that people voted when we'd already made a decision. Uh, uh, I, I will, if, if someone, if someone's, if anyone wants to make like a character move. I do. Uh, yeah, go for it. I would like to use red and tooth and claw. So that sounds I'm, fun. <laughs> I'm going to size up Nora. I've done this multiple times and see what I do. I have an 11, which means I get to hold three of okay. these. Um, okay. I... Do I have to tell you what they are now? Uh, wait, remember, what's your, what's your character type? Oh, I'm the hunter. Okay. Um, so this is, oh, okay. So... Oh yeah, so you I mean so you have hold three, so you can do you can do any of those like you can do any of those things at any time in the battle. Correct. At any point until the until either you or they flee. Yep. Do I have to tell you which three I want right now or nope. You can just choose to do like keep track that you've got a hold of three, and then as you spend them, you can Is there anything you want to do in the immediacy? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a blade and slice their weapon away. So I'm gonna spend one of these red and tooth and claw and literally like hit their hands so they drop the weapon there that they were brandishing. Okay. Um so, so I give you minus one harm. Yep. And by minus one it's just you you harm Nora. <laughs> just... Yep. Um, and when you do that, you see all of the guards, like there's maybe half, like we'll say eight. Cause I, like eight's a good number and they flank her as soon as you do that. And they close ranks in front of her and they're all standing there. And you hear one of them goes, do it again. I dare you. Now for context on this group, just so everyone's fully aware when I say the tyrant kings, what they are and what they do. This is literally, they are a power hungry. We will fucking murder everything. Their entire thing is about conquest and like gaining power. I would say his contextually on this island, again, 
they're always making little moves. They've never made a big move. This is the first big move that they've made. And it's very clearly a big move. So who's doing something next? I think Aruna at this point is like, so I have a surplus of progress. Is it is it like logical to be like, I have an easy way to communicate remotely with like the council on the ship? Yeah, that feels, I think that feels appropriate for um, technology. Yeah, I feel like that that's, makes sense. So I think I am like frantically like, tapping at something like on my ear and like can like under like kind of like under my breath like conveying the results and then immediate situation being like what is going on inside what's been what's being sabotaged like uh and you get a report back that says the they've been the person's kind of baffled they're like i i don't think they knew what to hit they just started like hitting like coming in like somehow this small group of like arsonists found their way into the sh like got into the ship and just started going in random places like they busted up like someone's workspace it wasn't anything important but like it blew a hole in the wall they've done enough damage that i don't think we could sink we i don't think we could dive the ship back down but it hasn't done quite enough yet that like we're in danger of sinking but we haven't found all of them yet. Okay. So there are people inside. Correct. There are people inside. They don't actually know what they're doing enough to target effective things, but they're causing damage to the ship that will is actively preventing it from re rediving. Correct. Uh, so what are He's also kind of taking a slight step back from the people with the swords. I think there's like a little tiny like pneumatic pistol that's like a little bit more ceremonial than anything on his waist, but like clearly is not a person who like actively wants to get into a fight. Um, Nyx or Lunalata, are you going to do anything? Um, I mean, Nyx can do anything, but it's full out like battle. Like that, it would be like that. Would it, I feel? I feel like, I feel like Nyx is kind of like eyeing both uh, More, Lunalata, Aruna. Just they don't want to start this fight, but they're kind of looking to be like, if if it delves into that where we need to go, like Nyx can get ready. To because Nix is very Nix is very um battle focused. <laughs> that's 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 where a lot of their skills um lie. Oh, and I will say like oh go ahead. Oh, I realized I had a move that's like relevant to this. Okay, because this uh, is straight up claim by force. It's like trying to retain control of our own ship. Yeah. Um. So like definitely willing to commit to securing it and tie like. Uh, like our, pro I mean, I think the resource tied to it would be progress because that's where all the tech is, and that's what we have that we can fight more effectively with. Because that's what we are is like we're not necessarily a society with a lot of like militarization, but we do have a lot of technology that can be pointed at people. Right. Is there is there a role for it, or is it just a move that you do? It is plus grasp. Um, on a hit, it's theirs, but not without cost. Seven to nine, choose two. On a ten plus, choose one. 
Um, cool. And I think that's just like having the family like figure out like where these like people on the ship are, like track them down, get them secured. Like, yeah. Come on, Dice. Be nice to me today. Ah, there we go. 10 plus 2. That is a 12, baby. Woo! Hey. <laughs> Grasp I can do. Um, let's see. That. Um, so on a 10 plus, I choose one. I commit to secure. I tie. I tie our technology, uh, our progress surplus to the city itself, which I think makes sense. If we ever lose control of the city, we lose a lot of our technology and research. Yeah. And so, so is the idea that like the technology on your ship will help identify like where people are? Yeah, I think it's like some combination of like scanning or like, you know, maybe there's even like, you know, if you lived on the ship, you've got our tech in you. And if you don't have our tech in you, like you're not yeah. one of us. So I'll say that you do that. And I think you kind of, that like the, I think the family does that. Not necessarily Aruna does it, but like. Yeah, no, like the, the family is like actively trying to like use what they have to hunt down these like. Right. There's someone in a massive control room that's hitting buttons feverishly and hits one. And then I think what Aruna see, what Aruna and everyone else sees is maybe a minute or two after that happens, you see a couple of the spots where the explosions blew holes in the walls and you see people just launch the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very much in the same like it's it's not as flashy as the guards in front of you but it's a lot of the same coloring and insig like they're very clearly part of the tyrant kings and they just go launching out of the ship into the water um lunalata what are you doing so lunalata is alone of their family and very much not a fighter. And so they are sitting back and again, taking as much information down as possible, trying to understand what's happening so that they can utilize that information later. Okay. And it will remind everybody that there are the basic moves that folks can do. So the there's the diffusing there is fiercely assaulting. There's finding common ground. <laughs> Nyx is just basically waiting for the go-ahead to fiercely assault. Because <laughs> they don't know how to defuse situations. <laughs> I mean, you could you could do that with force. You can intimidate everybody. I could. Um... So, another question. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was. I think Aruna just conveys something about having dealt with the immediate problem of the ship itself, but there's obviously still this like standoff happening. And that, as a new member of the community, we would appreciate the support in resolving this initial conflict. <laughs> Are you in next? Uh, Nix would definitely just look to uh, but yeah, would look to Moray uh, and just go, uh, you know. I'm ready. Uh, I'm game if you are. I, this is the only way I know how to defuse a situation. So, Moray will smile for the first time at that statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll use my second red and tooth and claw, and I'm going to separate Nora from her phalanx of, of guards. Okay, and what does that look like? 
Um, I am faster than I look. And so I will dash suddenly directly at them, wait for them to brace, and then juke left, right, and then through. Where I, love, I love that you just red rovered your way to Nora. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And literally like burst through the side because they braced for the front, a frontal okay. attack. And Nora is out of the phalanx without her weapon. I have two knives already drawn and uh, I am prepared to uh, answer the only way that she understands. Um, I like it. Um, I feel like both, I say both of you go ahead and give me your fiercely assault rolls. I was going to say, yeah, is there any way that I can help with this in terms of like intimidation? Because I feel like while like while um, uh, Moray does that, um, Nyx is going to kind of like push back uh, like the, the cloak that they're wearing where you still can't see their face, but you're going to see their arms brutally twist, just completely horribly twist into a new shape, which is called, uh, which is part of one of my um, moves, the remnant moves called a protein form, where uh, it is twisted and awful. And you see both of their arms just completely shift into blades and, and like move forward with Moray. So while Moray has her separated, uh, Nyx has those two uh, blades uh, now completely pinned on the rest of the phalanx. So is that your diffuse? Is you attempting to diffuse <laughs> with intimidation? Yeah, yeah. Okay, give, give me the give me the roll then. Diffuse or is it like a? Oh yeah, no, it's an endurance move. Never mind. Endurance or quick action? Yeah. I say basically you can use any of your four stats to roll for diffuse. Perfect. And they're uh, just each a different thing that you would do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to use, and we're going to use the steel, because that's the one that I got a plus one for. Um, and that's going to bring us to a dirty 10 for, for Nyx. Okay, so... So this is, so you do this at the same time that Moray is jumping through. Um, so I think when you do this, all of the guards, like, shudder brief, like, they just, like, give way just a little bit. Like you see them kind of being like, well, we're just following orders. <laughs> Have you seen Nora? She's fucking scary. <laughs> um, Moray, uh, give me your fiercely assault roll. <laughs> She's fucking scary. I want Nyx to go, I'm scarier. <laughs> <laughs> 11. Nice. Okay, so on the fiercely assault list, you get to choose two things from your side and I get to choose one thing from mine. So you can scavenge a device, find out some new info. Uh, your avenue of escape is clear, or you inflict, I love this description. You inflict savage, terrifying harm, frightening and dismaying your foes. <laughs> oh, that's one of them. Yep. I'm going to, so my primary weapons are knives, are assassin blades. And so literally have like brought um, Nora out and I'm just like great and multiple are suddenly in both like above her knees but in her like in her thighs in the like uh, forearms like I have I have pinned her essentially so maybe not to the ground but like it's going to hurt when she moves 
Yeah. And I'm going to say that off my list, uh, what's the other thing you want off yours? Um, uh, my avenue of escape is clear. I can okay. leave without, like... And it, the, the thing to know is that um, things like devices and data are important, like, longer term, like, collecting up data and having information, mm -hmm. um, as well as having devices. Like, unleashing power when you find a device, mm -hmm. uh, you can use that device to do something, and I would, like, tell you what that is. So there's good... Something to keep in mind is even when you're fighting, you're still resource collecting. And I figured since the Pirate Kings are on the island and things like that, like I, I'm less concerned about that at this moment, knowing that I might have another opportunity to gather. And um, I'm, I'm pissed that this is happening after this vote. I'm like, I did not want this vote to happen. It still happened. Now I have to defend this shit. Like, I'm just angry. Yeah. Um, let me see. And Luna Lada, do you want to do, like, as combat is breaking out, is there anything that you wish to do? I'm struggling to figure out anything Lunalata can do. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, because you definitely still have, like, you have the ability to do some diffusing. Yeah, uh, but that's already happening. I don't need to. <laughs> true. Um... And I don't, I don't have your character sheet up to know if you have anything specific in your, like... No, list. Lunalata is a researcher and healer. Not, not Neither of that's going to be real helpful here. Okay. Uh, oh, and uh, uh, Moray, so the thing that I'm going <laughs> to... The situation is destabilized and chaos will follow. <laughs> So I think between, yeah, I think what, and narratively, I love this because you and Nix didn't actually talk out what your individual plans were <laughs> and you each did things that were kind of counterintuitive to the others. So Nix tried to be like, shut the fuck up, everybody, and get, stop it. And they were down. And then Moray was like, fuck this bitch, and stabs her in the legs. So Nyx brought everyone, diffused everyone, and then Moray was like, I will knife everyone in the fucking face. Which then sends the guards into like a tizzy of like, oh, fuck this. Nyx is gonna fucking murder all of us, but if Nora survives this, she'll murder all of us if we don't help. A lose-lose situation, ain't it? And so I think what it ends up turning into is this like chaos of like, a couple people look at Nyx, a couple of them peel off and run, a couple of them run to try and help Nora and by way of helping Nora, trying to get Moray, like, off of her. And meanwhile, Aruna and Lunalata are just standing there being like, what the fuck is everyone doing? Oh, God. I mean, I, I, good on you for knifing her, but like, oh, God. <laughs> I, 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 I just imagine Lunalata is sketching all this fiercely and it's like a courtroom sketch depiction of like what's going on. Oh yeah, Lunalata is not only taking in, you know, the the ship and whatever one's doing, but is noting where Moray is stabbing people, um, <laughs> how Nix's protean form seems to be working, like literally taking down every bit of information they can. Um, I will say I'm gonna give Lunalata, I'm gonna give you a point of data for all of this that you can have. 
And then something, one of the moves on the, the character sheet, it's in like the peripheral side, is information is power. And when a character draws on your family's research, you could spend a point of data to get an advantage on a roll. So if down the line you want to use data for something, you have a, a weight like it's currency for advantage, basically. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Uh, Aruna. <laughs> Chaos has broken out in front of you. People are knifing each other. Uh, Moray just zigzagged parkour. He fucking through. knifed someone. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um. Oh shit. Um. Let's see. I mean, he's. Damn! Like <laughs> shit's going down. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I feel like he's trying not to get knifed and is probably going to like, hopefully not use, he's also like, literally this is, came out to like have a talk, found shit getting like blown up and then like knives happened. And so now there's just like all this fighting. There's no longer like immediate danger on the ship, but like, obviously this situation is like, out of control and i think at, at that point he's trying to be i think he tries to like calm everyone down and try to like bring it back to talking i think probably makes an effort to like find right. like we do not need to all kill each other holy shit uh give me give me the fuse i think does not have the the all the context on the tyrant kings here damn it scouting need <laughs> um diffuse and I feel like this will probably be a, probably a sway roll for you again. The yeah. Fast talking misdirection. Yeah, I think really just trying to be like, you don't need to all like shit murder each other. So that is plus sway. That is a seven. All right. Um, so you get to choose one. So you've on a seven and nine, you bought some time. Uh, there's a cost to securing safety. The danger will return soon, or the danger is still present, but threatening someone or something else. Um, I mean, he's not the one who stabbed the leader of the other faction. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the the cost to securing safety let's is... let's let's take let's take this let's take this let's take legacy to that place the okay. cost is the cost is nora oh so like maybe you're wheeling and dealing talking is like like we do not have to do all of this and you see all the guards being like we're following fucking orders and then aruna like you do it this way you will. My suggestion could be you could look at Moray and be like, if she's not here, then she can't give orders. I I mean, I think, yeah, that's the like if that's if that's the holdup. And I think it's kind of like uh this person wasn't at the conclave. And I think maybe there's like, is we don't know if somebody else would be willing to step up. We don't know if it would change. But if like if that if this is all her, if this is like it was her bright idea, yeah, do it. All right, Maury, would you like to give me one more fiercely assault roll? 
I have another question first. Um, Go for it. So in Red and Tooth and Claw, I can carve something out valuable from my target. Jesus Christ. Can I literally carve out them yielding? Can I essentially torture them until they break to yield? I think on this, in this setting, in this instance, I will give it to you because you've, you've got multiple knives in her at this point. So in getting the um, kind of go ahead from Aruna, I'll look back at Nora, put my foot on one of the knives that is like probably in her bone at this point and be like, there's a very simple way to end this and it involves you living and yielding and not doing this again. Or I can finish this. Do you yield? And as I'm saying that, I'm putting more and more pressure on this knife. <laughs> and you, I think you hear her through her gritted teeth look at you and go, I don't yield. Oh. All right. I will viciously assault then. Because I, it, that yeah. faction, mm -hmm. it's so counter to oh, what yeah. they do. Yeah. And <laughs> another 11. Listen, can't Amazing. say you didn't try. So this time I will um, scavenge a device and okay. um, inflict savage, terrifying harm, frightening the main your foes, where I will, uh, at, at hearing that, I have one larger knife that's like hunter buoy knife kind of thing. Okay where I'm going to slice her throat and saw off her head. Oh, God. Well. Oh, my. <laughs> Diplomacy. Diplomacy. <laughs> Arunas are like, everyone, let's just fucking chill. Let's fucking chill. It's fine. And Moray's like, Moray's like, and here's her head. I did yeah. it. Do you <laughs> yield? No? Okay. <laughs> so... As soon as that happens, the rest of the guards are split and they're gone. Um, during this encounter, I think you hear a couple other people get tossed out of the ship. Some splashing. We're going to say that there's some like, there's, there's, the waters are a little dangerous. Uh, some sort of after the, after the fall version of an alligator crocodile, you hear like chomp, chomp, chomping. <laughs> uh, it's very messy out there. Uh, and so, uh, Moray, with the device that you found, uh, you can take that back to, when you go back to your family, that can turn into a point of tech for you. So just make that note. Sounds great. And I think at that point, uh, Aruna, if you could also, you no longer have a surplus of transportation. Okay. <laughs> I mean, your ship doesn't transport anymore. Nope, nope, you're right. So you kind of lost that. So your mood's back down to a zero. Yeah, no, that tracks. Shit just got blown up, and then I saw somebody get beheaded. Happens. Yep. Um, you all so think... talk, in, in session point five, you all talk so much shit about my character just being bloodthirsty and wanting to, like, handle the situation. <laughs> I just delivered. You did? Uh, I'm not mad that you're bloodthirsty. I'm just not usually there when all the murder happens. Like, I try to be in the other room, you know? Uh, 
whereas I made Nyx do it once, you know? Yeah, where where whereas whereas Nyx is like respect. <laughs> and Luna Lada is carefully diagramming the decapitation. <laughs> I almost imagine like being a cephalopod, I imagine there's like multiple diagrams happening from like multiple appendages. Yeah, I mean Luna Lada essentially has, you know, seven tentacle-like appendages that um, can participate, but they also don't quite have the dexterity of, you know, opposable thumbs. So it's a, it's both crude and detailed at the same time. And then, so as you all are standing there, as all this chaos is kind of unfolded in front of you, you, the same, like, small child team that came running to you to tell you that there would have been a boat out on the water comes rushing toward all of you. They're like, they're like the Island messenger. Like they just get their steps in every day. They just run around. Um, it's how, it's how the Island communicates with everybody is they have like a, a series of messengers that just run around and, sh and spread news, but they come running and they're like, the ship wasn't the only target. The ship wasn't the only target. The ship wasn't the only target. Uh, they kind of put their head down and they point first at Nyx and then they point at Moray. Uh without like without even missing a beat, I think Nyx is just hmm? you just you're just staring. Oh, sorry. You put you put your finger up. So I thought oh, you were no. I sorry. That was that was from. Oh, sorry. I thought you were shushing. <laughs> no, that was me like pointing and pointing gotcha. and like. Um, with that, with that, Nix is going to immediately drop and just run, run back. And this is actually where we're going to conclude episode one. <laughs> <laughs> um. And and one of the like and something just to note is uh and you all probably know this and we can we'll play it out a little bit later, but Luna Lada's family has a surplus of defenses. Mm. Whereas Not the other bad. two of you, one of Not you bad. is in you one of you is in desperate need of them. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and oh, one of you thanks. has it nowhere on your on your chart at all. <laughs> nowhere on our chart, and we're also in desperate need of medicine. So you know, I'm sure that won't play in or anything. <laughs> and we, I think we're kind of like we're one of the the thing that I want you all and that is going to be our our arc um, for this probably the rest of this season. Maybe we'll see how it goes. Is I want to I want you all to work on the wonder of um, hold again found it earlier. Uh, it's the age of discovery, uh, which is basically like, and the idea of it being this is going to be repairing this giant ship in a way that you all could use it to get around. Um, and you need a surplus of scouts, of progress, of transport, of leadership, and then the thing on here that says travel there and travel there and back, meaning like you have to actually like go and discover to do an age of discovery mm -hmm. um and then the way that they mechanically work is once you get a surplus of scouts progress transport and leadership and feel like you're ready you there's some rolling mechanisms that you'll roll 
to see if you succeed the role. And if you do, you get fortunes. If you don't, you have trials that will then come into play in the next age. Mm. So kind of working on the narrative art being that you're going to, I want you all to work on this while also contending with the other things that are going on with the tyrant kings. Let's do the thing, which is if you want to be found on the internet, where can people find you? We'll start with MT in case his laptop dies. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram and the artist formerly known as Twitter at MT underscore H-A-R-T underscore. And Connor, where can people find you? Um, people can find me on Instagram under the handle Spiff's Photos and uh, stealing MT's uh, idea. You can find me under the uh, website formerly known as Twitter as space underscore man underscore Spiff for all my weird ramblings about dogs, video games, queer shit. I'm all about Super Mario RPG right now. That is my entire life and I'm very happy about it. <laughs> uh, DJ, where can people find you? You can find me on the dumpster fire that uh, was Twitter at DJ underscore KQ or where the skies are bluer at, at DJ KQ. And Vision, where can people find you? So you can find me on most major social media platforms. Take your pick at Vision in Lilac. And as always, you can find The Queer Experience at The Queer XP on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Blue Sky. Um, most active probably on Twitter and Blue Sky at this point. I, I just have all of them. They're there. Uh, but feel free to find us, follow us, repost things, retweet things, whatever you do on any of those platforms. Um, and then the, less, the, the next couple things coming up for the pod. So you are listening to this on a Thursday. I'm looking at my schedule. The next episode coming up would be uh, an actual play of Delta Green run by Juicy Garland, which we recorded earlier today. And I can tell you it is fucking unhinged and it is incredible <laughs> and you're going to love it. And that's all. Uh, I'll give you a hint since I'm also in the game. As competent as Moray is, control is not. <laughs> control is <was> worse. <laughs> Uh, we're doing a, a fun bonus episode. So we're working with the game designers of uh, Strike Tabletop. They have a game that they released a bit ago called Blood Neon, and they just released an expansion like DLC for it um, called Atomic Shock. So it'll be myself, um, MT will be with us, and then two of the game designers and another friend of ours named Marshall, who you might have heard on Come Kingdom Camp Kingdom Come. My words right. Uh, and then the next one up is Emotional Moments in Gaming. We're doing an interview with people about times we got overly emotional in a video game. So come listen about all the things that made us cry or scream or feel weird things. Who knows? <laughs> but that is it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all my folks for playing. And until we see you next time, bye. Bye.